0: Hi, welcome to The Landscape, of Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us today. There's plenty to be proud of when it comes to the city of Cleveland, but there are some things that aren't so great, including the sobering statistic that Cleveland is the poorest big city in America. Many of those in need, especially during this time of the year, turn to the city mission for help. They've been serving people in Cleveland for over a century. Guiding the city mission is its chief executive officer, Linda Uvegas. Linda joins us for The Landscape today. Linda, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Dan. Good to be here.
0: Linda, when we hear that statistic, I wonder if it's sometimes hard for people to conceive the dire nature of poverty here in Cleveland. You can certainly insulate yourself from seeing poverty depending on where you live. You might not run into the kind of people who come to the city mission for help. Is it sometimes hard to convince people just how severe poverty is in the city?
1: It is very concerning what we see in Cleveland. And unfortunately, the women and children especially are hidden. They are staying with family members in motels. They are the invisible individuals who are experiencing homelessness that not everybody's going to see as they walk down the street. And in Cleveland, we have a childhood poverty rate at 46%. We are number one in the country.
0: I think we can get a stereotype in our head sometimes when we think of the people who might come to the city mission. We tend to think of the homeless men that we see downtown in Cleveland, but who's really coming to the mission for help?
1: You know, there is no typical person that comes to the city mission needing help and hope. Uh, Right now, we are, last year, we served over 1,100 individuals, men, women, and children needing help. And we were able to provide the needs, um, meet the needs that they had in their crisis. You know, we serve all individuals experiencing a crisis and we uh, welcome them with open arms and we are able to serve them where their greatest need is. How much
0: of your time and effort at the mission is spent helping people in the short term? Someone needs a meal, someone needs someplace to say, as opposed to being able to help deal with more long-term issues. Is there an opportunity to do that as well as to help people who are like, I, I just, I'm, I'm homeless today, I need help?
1: Right. We are able to meet those needs because we see homelessness as a complex issue. But first, you need to meet those immediate needs of food and clothing and shelter, a safe and clean place to stay, which is what we are able to provide. And then we also have the gift of time they are able to stay with us for up to nine, 12 months to be able to really work on those complex issues of what brought them to the city mission. It could be domestic violence. All of our um, men, women, and children have experienced trauma. There's generational poverty, there's mental health and also addiction recovery. So with, um, them staying at the mission, we, we have three pillars. We call help, heart, and home. Help is meeting those basic needs as I just mentioned. Just so that that we can build that trust with those individuals and know that they are safe in our in our facilities, and then we talk about heart. Heart is really the heart of our program, and we really address those underlying issues. We have classes, we have support groups, we have a resource center where they can work on um, working on their financial uh, literacy and budgets and credit scores. So that is the. The main component of our program in its holistic approach as we look at the individual as a whole. And then um, home is our last pillar. And we are, our hopes are that every single individual leaves with stable income and stable housing after they have completed our program.
0: I think it's interesting. I look at a program like the Crossroads Men's Crisis Center that you have, and in that are things like anger management classes and and the sorts of things that we don't really think about that would help people get on their way. Or the fact that you help them not just okay, we've got you out of the shelter, good luck. You know, there's much more to what the what the mission offers than just the sort of like here's the best we can do. It seems like there's a real concentrated effort to make sure people continue on the right path.
1: Exactly, and we are um, wanting to equip. And empower our men and women after they leave us that this is, you know, this is just one step in their in their journey. And we want to be sure that they have the, the tools to be able to move on to that next step as they, you know, find their own housing and engage in um, employment and, and family and uh, relationships. So we, we talk with them about all those things. And some of the services that we have, especially uh, Ohio Guidestone works with us and they will provide the services on our site to help the men and the women, um, you know, work with recovery and also mental health. But what's really neat is then once an individual leaves the city mission, they are able to continue those services and that organization will come to their home and provide and continue those services that, that that mom needs with her children or that individual male needs as he continues his journey.
0: As we get into this colder time of the year, we always see the news reports about the frost coming and being very cold and, and homeless people are, you know, are really in danger of frostbite and City Mission provides them with shelter. But is it more of a year-round problem? I, mean, I think it's sort of emphasized at this time of the year, but when do you see people coming in in, the, in these sort of instances?
1: Well, certainly during the extreme weather, as you mentioned, uh, we are expecting and we are prepared uh, to serve more men in our Crossroads Men's Facility because of the cold weather. Uh, but it's very interesting for women and children the greatest need that we've seen over the years is in the summertime. Oftentimes, families have been doubled up, as I mentioned, and they are able to stay with that family member uh, through the school year. But once uh, May or June hits, that family that they've been staying with says, you know, I I just can't have you stay here with all the kids home and you're going to need to find somewhere else to go. And that's when we see an increased number of calls for help, uh, especially for women and children.
0: You mentioned homeless women with children who need somewhere to stay. And during this pandemic, you know, the whole emphasis was, well, children will be learning from home. How, how are you supposed to learn from home if you don't have a home and then you don't have a computer?
1: Right. We saw that during COVID and when school was um, online, 100 percent. And we had to make some changes at, at Laura's home, which is our women's facility, uh, to help those kids with schooling. Uh, we, we partnered with Cleveland Metropolitan School District. Uh, we were uh, one of the academic learning pods. Uh, but what we did is we had to hire more staff. We had to um, provide more Chromebooks and also spacing for kids to do school uh, and you're right, how hard is it for kids who are not um, with us that have no access to internet and, and not having the, the iPads or the Chromebooks to be able to do their school. So we were uh, very intentional and worked um, very uh, diligently with our kids, their school age kids, and also partnering with CMSD. And they, we, together, I feel like we did a very good job taking care of our kids during uh, the pandemic as far as education goes.
0: I can only imagine the answer, but how much extra stress did the pandemic put on, on the city mission and its work?
1: It was a lot. It was a lot on our staff. Uh, we, we don't close. We didn't reduce our intakes. We never... Um, slowed anything down because we knew that there was a crisis in our community, actually in our world, in our country. So we knew that we needed to step up and be there. Uh, So we didn't change. So that did put extra stress, I think, on our staff. Um, It also impacted our volunteers. We thrive on volunteers. And to not have any volunteers, at least for a period of time, was really difficult. Uh, but everybody pitched in at the mission. Uh, people who had a, a certain department, maybe it's childcare, were now helping sanitize the building. Everybody pitched in. So it's been difficult. But um, we are grateful that that we are reasonably healthy and we will do everything we can to keep our staff and our residents safe.
0: Was there anything you were able to do to increase housing for the homeless during the pandemic? Were there other places you could turn or other programs you had in addition to just the mission itself and its offshoots?
1: The one program we have that really helps with affordable housing, and actually it's a home ownership program, is our New Horizons program. Uh, A mom and her children who have completed our program and doing well and she's employed while she's at Laura's home. Uh, what we do is is connect, um, we connect with community partners. And what we have done in the past is uh, we've worked with the kaga Land Bank and we've received homes from the kaga Land Bank for only a dollar. And then we find a community partner to help renovate that home, raise the funds to renovate it. It costs about $70,000 to renovate a home that's been abandoned and foreclosed on for years. And we'll renovate that home, working with a mom and her children, and then we'll move her into that home with supportive services of case management and uh, working with her and savings plans and goals that she has. So for the next 12 to 18 months that she's in that home, she is meeting with her case manager. And then after we see like, you know, you're doing great. We will transfer that title over to her. And she now owns that home free and clear. And honestly, that's a that's a game changer. That changes a family's trajectory. It impacts the next generation of children who now are in a home and stable and able to attend school regularly and not be moving from place to place. And we have seen great success in that program.
0: Linda Uvegas joins us today. She is the Chief Executive Officer of the City Mission. She joins us today for the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Linda, we mentioned the mission has a long history in Cleveland. It's 110 years old. How did it get started here?
1: Well, the City Mission was started by uh, a gentleman named Mel Trotter who came to Cleveland and was actually asked to come to Cleveland because he had set up over... I think 60, 66 uh, missions. And he came to Cleveland, worked with the businessmen at the time, and there was a need for providing help and hope to individuals. And Mel Trotter was actually a former alcoholic. And their first meeting was in an abandoned saloon on uh, St. Clair Avenue. So it has been history ever since. And I'm very grateful to say that we haven't changed our mission. Over 110 years, we continue to provide help and hope for those in the city of Cleveland.
0: You have a long history with the mission. You started out as a volunteer back in 2003. What brought you to the mission? And you decided you wanted to give them your time.
1: Yes, I started as a volunteer with my family, uh, my husband, and our five children. And I just felt that this was something that we should probably get out of our little bubble and experience uh, opportunities to help others and so at at that time, I was a stay at home mom, and a friend of mine told me about Laura's home. so we I took a tour, and I was really blown away, blown away by um, how how the mission and how Laura's home was um, presented as far as showing dignity and respect to every individual. And it was a beautiful place, and it still is. and so I wanted to come alongside an organization that aligned with my beliefs, that aligned with my goals in life to provide opportunity for my kids. And we we began there and then I ended up working as a security staff, uh, other positions, program manager, chief operating officer eventually and then currently uh, in April I became the chief executive officer. And I just feel all those experiences really prepared me for today because I know I know what it's like to work on the front lines. I know how difficult and the challenges that our staff face. I
0: always think it's so wonderful to hear when the chief executive officer has done a bunch of other jobs. So you really know when people say, I need help with this or X, Y, Z, as opposed to, I never really did that. Let's talk about how the mission is funded. Is it mostly still through donations?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, we are a privately funded organization uh, that has really cultivated deep roots in Cleveland. We are supported by individual donors. We do not accept any government funding, federal, state, or local, um, and we are grateful for that opportunity because we don't take the government funding. We we have no constraints of uh, how we operate our program, um, but. And then also with the length of time, an individual can stay. And that's real important to us to have that time. And even though we don't take government funding, uh, we are engaged in others' uh in the community, other organizations that do. And it's very important to me that we partner well with all community organizations. I sit on the Office of Homeless Services Advisory Board so that I can stay in touch and, and learn and continue to uh, hear what everybody else is doing and look for opportunities where we can partner. Because I think the best thing for all of us is private sector, nonprofit, government, all of that should should work together so that we can meet the needs of those uh, in Cleveland.
0: Are there things that the city and county can do to help an organization like the City Mission that perhaps they're not doing now?
1: I'm not sure right now. I, I continue to be grateful for the partnership with the um, Organizations, as I said, I sit on that Office of Homeless Services Board. I enjoy that. I learn. Um, I will be interested in our new mayor and looking forward to having him tour the city mission, both facilities, and, and tell him what our needs are and what, we, what support we could use. Um, whatever that might be, I would love to explore those ideas and how we can partner more together.
0: Obviously, the best way to support the mission, I would imagine, is is to make a donation. But are there other ways that people can help the city mission if if they don't want to make a donation or they'd like to do something more?
1: Sure. There's lots of opportunities. And what I think is really neat is I started as a volunteer. So volunteers are very important and they're critical to the organization. Uh, And it is very family friendly, especially at our women and children's facility. So if you're interested in uh, doing something with your children or a youth group or a church or whatever community organization you're involved with, we welcome those opportunities. It could be a day of um, helping us paint some rooms or it could be some outdoor activities and helping us clean uh, the dining room where there's always lots of activity. But, but yes, we, we would appreciate any type of um opportunity to give, whether it's of your time, obviously your talent and your treasure. We appreciate that. And we really couldn't do what we do without volunteers and our donors. What do
0: your volunteers tell you about their experience?
1: They often say they had no idea what was going on here. And when, you know, when you think of a a shelter, as I did before I came to Laura's home, I thought, rooms full of bunk beds and kind of dark, maybe not very clean, Uh, but when you come as a volunteer, you see something completely different. And then they had no idea uh, what our residents are going through. They see it up close and personal and see that, oh, I had no idea that the struggles or the trauma or um, how it is being a single mom caring for children in this, you know, in this environment, so I think most people are are shocked at, um, in a good way, of what's happening at the mission, and they had no idea all the services that we provide.
0: What are you excited about for the mission in 2022?
1: Oh, I'm I'm very excited for next year. Well, first of all, I'm really hoping COVID is <laughs> is just not a factor. It continues to be a factor, and it, it's hard. So right now. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, we're having right now we are, um, have an expansion that will be completed at in the probably around June. So we have a 10,000 square foot addition on Dolores home that will be completed in June. This will provide more program space for our, our children. It's going to be a whole youth center and childcare center. And we are excited to expand that space because we're bursting at the seams. This will allow also more space for programming to continue in the building and it also will provide a uh, an emergency shelter uh, space, overflow. So when there is extreme temperatures or even in the summer when we have the high need of calls and extreme heat, we now have a place uh, where we have a, a place with dignity where they can shower, have lockers and, and beds. Uh, right now, when we have overflow, we have uh, our chapel we use for overflow. And that's not ideal. There's no lockers, there's no bathrooms, there's no showers. So this will have all of that. So I'm excited for the grand opening of our uh, expansion that's planned for July. So super excited about that. And we're also doing renovations at our Crossroads Men's Shelter. It's been 25 years. It's getting a nice facelift and renovations done for our men that Again, we are so committed to treating every single individual with dignity and value and respect.
0: Linda Uvegas, thanks. And we're so glad for the work you do and all the work the City Mission does to help the people here in Northeast Ohio. It's been a great pleasure having you join us today.
1: Thank you. It's been my pleasure to be here too. Thank you.
0: Linda Uvegas is the Chief Executive Officer of Cleveland City Mission. You can find out more about the mission by visiting our website at cranescleveland.com. This is the landscape of Crane's Cleveland Podcast. On behalf of our producer Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining
1: us, and we'll talk again soon.